welcome back. I'm Lindsay. Thanks for tuning in to the Face to Face. Today, I'm joined by my good friend Valerie Benoen to talk about her unique journey of pursuing music. Valerie just graduated from Pepperdine this spring. She is a worship leader, artist, and musician. She made the brave decision her junior year to take a year off from school to record music and devote herself to ministry. Her first EP, Every Hour, was released in 2019 and can now be streamed on Spotify. Thanks for joining me, Val. You are back home now, right? In the valley. Yes, ma'am. Valerie from the valley. Hey. <laughs> and are you from the valley? Like you, I know you were raised there, but is that where you're originally from? Um, well, I'm originally from the Philippines. Um, and my whole family is from there. And when I was nine years old was when we moved to California. And I lived in the Bay Area for the first two years of being in America. And then um, after two years, we, my mom decided to move here in L.A. because there's a lot more opportunity with work. Um, and so I've been here ever since. So I was about 11 years old when I came um, to California and lived in the Valley. So you lived in the Philippines until you were nine. Yeah, I lived in the Philippines until I was nine. And the story goes, I'm the only one that was actually born in the USA in my family because my my parents were on vacation when my mom was pregnant um, with me. And um, while they were on vacation, she ended up giving birth to me here. Um, and so, but I, but then because they were on vacation, they went back home to the Philippines. And I, I wasn't even one month old yet um, when we arrived in the Philippines. And so I was an American citizen in the Philippines. Um, for nine years, so I was considered like an illegal alien. <laughs> and so one of the reasons that um, my parents decided to move here, one, to just start a new life, um, because when you're um, from a different country, you kind of look at America and you're you're thinking, whoa, like that's the promised land. Like that's where the dream dreams are fulfilled and it's a great place to start over. Um, so they wanted to start over and also... Um, because they had received a letter from the immigration of like, your daughter is an illegal legal immigrant, I think is what they said, because I was a U.S. Um, citizen in the Philippines. Um, and my time there was long overdue. Um, so they also took that chance of like, OK, maybe we should like um, bring her to America so that she doesn't lose her U.S. citizenship. Do you remember like what it was like living there? I mean, that was obviously a while ago, but... Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really grateful that I spent like, you know, the first years of my life there. Um, I feel like the Philippines or a lot of Asian cultures, they're really huge on honor. Um, and I feel like that's something that I picked up or learned um, from Filipino culture. Um, so coming here, I was actually surprised that there was no English word for like an older person like because we would call like like an older brother older sister or someone older with like ate kuya or something to kind of give them like honor and I was just surprised coming to America like oh we call older people by their first name like wow <laughs> culture shock <laughs> and what language is that Tagalog okay Tagalog that's the main language in the Philippines but there are a whole lot of other dialects 
Um, and I'm actually not that, I can speak Tagalog, but not as great as a dialect um, that I grew up speaking, which is Ilocano. So I can speak Ilocano um, very well compared to the main language, which is Tagalog. Wow. And then, so you came to America when you were nine. Do you remember what that transition was like? So it was it was a good transition. I definitely had moments where I felt homesick and just wanted to go back home because I think in the Philippines, um, we weren't rich, but like we had like maids um, and we had drivers. And I felt like, I don't know, like it was just different. Like I almost felt like there was always someone that could serve me, whether it was food or like take me to places, whatever it was. Um, and so I think coming here and like my parents not really having like, you know, that much money. And like, we ended up moving into my uncle's like bedroom. Um, at the time, it was like the four of us, my mom, dad and my sister um, living in there in the bedroom. Um, it was just very different from the life that I had um, in the Philippines and like having to learn to um, clean and just, you know, normal, like American chores, but I wasn't used to doing that growing up in the Philippines. Um, so it was a little, I think that part like was a little different and it was a little hard. Um, and it made me want to like go back home. And I think seeing, um, cause my dad ended up having to go back home and my mom was the only one that was left to take care of us. Um, and so seeing her, um, work a day job as a caregiver and like, um, clean old people's butt <laughs> and like leave at like 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, it was really hard um, to see that uh, because I think when when I we were in the Philippines, like it just seemed like we had everything we need. Um, but coming here, it, it was like just seeing my mom like work her butt off. Like I, I yeah, it, it was hard to see that. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like an experience a lot of Americans don't have. But what do you think that taught you? Wow. Um, it taught me to be grateful mm -hmm. um, for what I have. Because I remember the time um, when my mom, when we lived in my uncle's room, I have like extra room in his house, and we didn't really have anything. And she would say like, one day, like your brothers and your, your brother and your sisters, because the rest of them were still in the they're all going to be here. We're all going to be together. And like, we're going to have so many cars, our, our driveway is going to be filled with cars because we'll all have a car. Um, and, and to see us like come from that and like, and actually now because we're all older, we all have our own car and our driveway is filled with cars. Um, and it, I'm not saying it's about the material things, but what I'm saying is that like, wow, like God has given us like everything we need. Um, and I'm just grateful for what, for what I have. Um, and I did not take it for granted because there are a lot of um, people that don't have what I have, um, don't, don't get the privilege that, that I do. Um, and so it's taught me to be really grateful and to even um, trust like the process, meaning like to not despise just the season that you're in. Um, because there's always something, because it's a part of your story. It's, it's a part of, who you are. Um, and yeah, those are the two main things like that I've, I've learned from that season. And I'm not saying it was like a really, really hard season. I, I just saying like, wow, like it, 
it it woke me up from I guess um it woke me up to reality of like we actually have to work hard to get the things that we need like things can't always be handed um to us and so when when God like blesses me with things that I didn't work for I'm like oh my gosh like this is definitely a gift you know because a lot of things that that's given to me like it people work hard for um so yeah wow that's so beautiful thank you yeah absolutely oh wow I feel like I don't talk about that part of my life um very often and so it's super cool that I got to share that with you so then I guess transitioning a little bit so then you grow up and then you chose Pepperdine what was that like I love telling that story Um, because, well, for one, um, Pepperdine was the last school I applied to um, because, yeah, and I literally, and I remember when I was writing my personal statement, I had like 30 minutes left until like the deadline cut off. So because the deadline was like 12 a.m., it's like 1130 already, and I'm just like, la 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 like just I mean like I was taking it seriously but not like oh I have to get this perfect it was more like I'm just it's like I'm like sharing my heart um because I knew like it was more like I just wanted to see if I would get in um because one it's my dream school but it felt too far-fetched because um it's a very expensive school um and then I remember the day that I got like the acceptance um I I was like happy for like one second and then bummed another because I was like, it felt like, oh, okay, I got in, but I'm not even going to go. Like, I don't, yeah, like kind of that, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, well, like, what's the point? Like, I got in and I want to go, but I'm not going to go because it's like, it's too expensive. Um, And then long story short, I ended up talking to my college counselor in high school and he just asked me the schools that I got into. And if, and I, one of them was Pepperdine, I said. And then he asked, like, do one of these schools have, like, some um, kind of orientation that's coming up soon? And it just so happened that that same week, I knew Pepperdine was having Malibu reception on Friday because I got the email um, for it. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's this, um, yeah, they're having one on Friday. And he encouraged me to go. And I was like, you know what? I'll go because then I have an excuse to miss school. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty here. Yeah, I was like, I I get to miss school. So I think I should go. And and so I arrive at the school at the orientation. And I didn't know that we were supposed to bring our parents with us. (laughs) So I was probably the only student I saw that was by herself. Um, (laughs) But... And then instantly, you know, we were, because it was a rainy day, we had like the um, celebration chapel um, thing in the gym. And I see this guy, um, it's Wilson, you know, Wilson, Wilson Howard. Yeah. Um, It was Wilson. He was um, the director of celebration chapel at the time. Um, And I see him carrying a Taylor bag guitar and I had the exact same one. Um, And so I noticed it immediately. And then I felt God say, that's going to be you like really soon. And then they started worship and I'm like weeping at this point and like, oh my God, like God, like you're amazing. Like, um, and then after that, like I just started touring the school by myself and I knew from that moment that this was going to be my home. This was going to be the school that I go to. 
Wow. I love that story. It's so powerful too. Cause it's like college is one of those decisions that young adults make where it seems like there's so many options and you kind of need God to give you that, that pretty like sure feeling of, Oh, this is where I'm supposed to go. So that's so awesome that you got that. Yeah, he gave it to me right when I stepped foot on that campus. And I just knew it was that thing where there was like, no, maybe it's just me thinking this. But I don't know, like, it was just so clear to me that I was like, I have to go here. So then your junior year or back up, back up, back up before your junior year, God tells you, I'll let you tell it. Man, it was like one year of praying and discerning whether or not it was from God. But um, so the beginning of my sophomore year, at that point, like I mentioned in the story, I did become director, one of the directors of Celebration Chapel my sophomore year. Um, And in the beginning, um, I had a meeting with the leaders of a nonprofit called One Voice Student Missions. And I met them in high school because they went into my high school and they preached the gospel there. And that's actually how um, I became a Christian, um, and had this relationship with God, with Jesus. Um, so I had that meeting with them a week before, um, my sophomore year has begun. And honestly, the meeting, they didn't even convince me to join. They, they didn't, they were like, they actually unconvinced me to join and say, pray about it. Um, cause they were like saying like, if you're going to join, like you gotta, um, consider the cost that it's going to take for you to be here and all of that. Um, and I prayed about it and I felt like I was supposed to um, kind of leave my junior year and pursue music. And that was it. And there was honestly nothing else that God told me. He just said, I want you to um, join one voice and do music. And I'm like, okay, can I take summer school? Like, I mean, sorry, like, can I take um, online classes? He's like, no, like music, um, one voice. Like, okay, cool. And, um, and so I, but then I was like, at this point, I didn't tell anyone um, at all um, up until like, I told like the leaders of like, okay, like I'm going to be there um, fall, summer of 2018. and I remember telling um, Ben and Joshua, who were my um, co-leaders at Celebration Chapel. And at this point, like, I barely met them. <laughs> but I told them, like, hey, like, I'm leaving, like, next year. And I was really confident in that. And then a few months in, that's when things started to get really hard and doubts started to come in. And like, what if I heard God wrong? Um, this is a terrible idea. At this point, my mom has no idea that this has been on my heart (laughs) because I was afraid um, of what she was going to say. And it was just a time, honestly, that season, it was hard because I, I was discerning um, God's voice um, from other people's voice Um, because I think he was teaching me to not let people's opinions and what people think kind of dictate my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that that was pretty difficult, but I I went into that season and be like, okay, I'm gonna wrestle with this. Like I'm gonna wrestle with with what I'm supposed to do. 
And then um, after that, I I really knew that this was it. And the hardest part was actually telling my mom. That was like the hardest, hardest part of it all. Um, and it was really difficult um, because I didn't know whether or not I was going to go back to school because the Lord didn't say anything. <laughs> um, and I, I was just going to obey what he said and what I heard. Um, and so I tell my mom that and it, she didn't take it very well. Um, but at the end of the day, she supported me because she loves me and I'm her daughter. And yeah. And then I just, um, kind of took a year off from, from Pepperdine from then on and just fully wait, went straight to doing music and learning a whole lot of things. And that was a whole nother season. Um, of of pruning and and growing and all of that. <laughs> yeah. I I don't want to um probe you too much, but I really want to talk about like that year and just kind of what it was like for you cuz I'm sure, you know, you talked about this experience of discerning the Lord's voice for like a huge decision like that. Um do you feel like you have reaped the fruit of that now and through that experience? Um yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, I was definitely a people pleaser. Um, and I still struggle with it at times. I think there's just something in me that's like, I want to be, I don't know, like I want to please the people around me because I want them to love me and I love them kind of thing. Um, and I think the Lord has really, um, has freed me from that though. I know it's still, it still comes up from time to time, but it's not like before where it just like really <laughs> take over my life. Um, so I think from, from making that decision, I don't think I would be who I am today because God said music and ministry. Um, but little did I know it was a character development season. <laughs> it was, it was more for my own heart and, and him maturing me, um, and him, like, it was really him, like looking after my heart and wanting to heal me. And I did not expect that going into that season. Like, I think a lot of times when we, when we hear God say, um, that he's leading us into a season, we think more external, um, but he's a lot more concerned with like the internal parts of who we are. Um, and so that year um, where it took a gap year, it was a lot of God saying um, who I was as his daughter. It was a lot of him speaking over my identity and saying, Val, this is who you are. You are my daughter and I'm so pleased with you. And you don't have to do anything to um, earn earn my love, to earn anybody's love. Like you are loved because, of, because you're Val. And if I can say like that whole season in a nutshell it's that that Valerie is my daughter and to, to whom I am well pleased with um and from that place of knowing who I am then I was able to create music um that would come from that place of knowing who I was so that it wouldn't be filtered by what other people think of me or or how or, or like how much I want to please other people but it came from a place of this is just who I am these are the songs that I sing um, the, this is the message that I want to give. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I want to, and it caused me to want to empower other young women that might've struggled the same way, um, that I struggle with in terms of not knowing her identity, not knowing her worth. Um, 
it's definitely given me a heart to empower them and say that you are enough, that you are God's daughter, and that he is so pleased with you. And no matter the mistakes or failures you think you made, um, he still loves you. And there is a message that you carry that this world needs, and we need it to come from, from you, you know? So that was what that whole season was about. And it, it was amazing. It was incredible. It wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't easy at all, Lindsay, <laughs> but it was so needed. And I'm so grateful it happened. Wow, that is so powerful. It really is. Thank you for sharing. It, it reminds me <clears throat> when you were talking about you know, God kind of pouring over your identity. I think it's in first or second John where it says, uh, we love because he first loved us. Yes. And it's so easy, especially in our culture to try to flip that, you know, and say, well, he loves me because I love him and I obey him and I do these things for him. That is not biblical. <laughs> and I think we really, in a lot of ways, you know, we might read the truth and know it, you know, mentally, but to actually know it in our hearts, we have to live it out and we have to like experience that. So that is so powerful that you got the opportunity to live that out in a unique way, of course, and in a challenging way, but definitely God's way. (laughs) And you know what, what helped me realize that man, he really does love me. um, And it has nothing to do with how good I am is when I realized um, my own weaknesses. When I saw, this is the value that I am, like my own, when I saw my own brokenness, yet he was still able to love me and he was still so kind to me and he still called me beautiful. That's when I was like, oh my gosh, like there's nothing like this. This is real. Like there's nothing like this. How could you love me? Like when I'm, I'm this or that and I do this and that, how could you? Um, but yet he does. And I think the way he loved me caused me to be like, Oh man, I love you too. Like your love empowers me to love you. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you. So then um you're so, you're writing music, you are recording music. What is that like? I mean, we've talked a little bit about this just us, but um was that uncomfortable for you, you know, recording in a studio and sharing your music with people? So it's so funny, again, how it turned out. Now it's different because I kind of got like a taste and experience of what it's like to write music um, and record Um, because now I'm like working on my second album um, and I'm a lot, I have a little bit more knowledge as to how that supposed to look like, but back then (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And it's funny because how I started like with the whole like making music is that I would sit down in the studio um, with my producer, who's also part of One Voice, and he would make these beats. And I would try to come up with a melody um, and, you you know, use lyrics and sing it. And it sounded good, but it just wasn't it for some reason. Like, it sounded good, but it just didn't feel like, I don't know, like it it wasn't it. <laughs> I got to explain it. Um, but it's funny because, like I said, I, I was going through so much and God was doing so much in my heart. Um, the A lot of the times my response or how I was journaling, in a sense, was making some songs, like making songs. So I, I wrote songs that I didn't think anybody else would hear. I wrote songs as a way for me to kind of process, um, to process and just reflect on what God was already doing. 
Um, and so I have, you know, these songs in my pocket. And then um, it started one day, um, we were rehearsing for a, we were rehearsing for a performance that I was going to do at a high school. Um, and then jokingly, as we were taking a break, I said my guitar, I was like jokingly performing like, you know, sometimes, you know, and then, and then I end up singing my song impatiently waiting. Um, and, and they heard that and they were like, did you write that? Um, and like, they were like freaking out and they're like, Val, like you have to record this. You have to record this. I'm like, okay. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, kind of hesitant. Um, but we recorded it anyway. And they were like, do you have any more songs that you have? I'm like, actually I do. Um, and we eventually like recorded them, um, which was pretty uncomfortable for me because like I said, I didn't intend for any of these songs to be heard. Um, but I think they were meant to be heard um, because someone else could be going through what I'm going through. And, you know, this, it's my way of serving them. I don't want to withhold um, my gifting for the sake of me being embarrassed <laughs> about it. Um, and it was really fun, actually, to see them come to life, these songs. And, and to, I think the most fulfilling thing about it is when I get messages um, from people saying how the song spoke to them. and and how it made them feel, and, and stories here and there of how it impacted someone. I think it really gives life to the musician because it makes them feel like, oh, wow, like it's actually giving value to people, <laughs> and it makes you want to keep going. Um, and so that's how the process has been like. And I'm so grateful because the people that I got to work with, like the producers, they were my friends. So I had a lot of fun, um, a lot of fun recording, a lot of fun creating, and I think for people who want to um, pursue music it and like working, collaborating with other people, I would advise like, don't um, be afraid to, to hear what other people think and say in terms of not, not that they're going to dictate, but it, but it gives, it helps you. It helped me a lot. I, I kept an open mind. Like when they said, Oh, maybe you should change that word. It sounds kind of weird. Like I wasn't like, Oh, why? <laughs> Um, but I, I, I saw those moments as an opportunity for me to grow even as a musician, like to just be open because I think like, um, you know, we, we're better with, with other people. We grow, um, even more, um, when we allow other people in, um, it's uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Mm. Yeah. I love that humility because it is easy, you know, as an artist, especially, but just when you show someone a part of you, you have to really humble yourself to deal with, I don't want to say criticism, but help in that way. Um, and that's so powerful. Yeah, you have to look at it that way, that they're just trying to help you. It's so good too, you mentioned, you know, being comfortable in those spaces and working with people that you trust, because if that offense comes, you, you know that you already have that shared love and you have that like, I guess like the triangle of it's you working together, but you're working toward God. And so you have that to fall back on when the offense comes, because the Bible tells us, Jesus said, offense will come. You know, he never said that we're not going to be offended, but it's how we work through it. That is really a sign of, of who we are and who he is in us. So I love that. <laughs> I love it.
That's so true. And it, it does not feel good, friend. It does not, especially if it's people that you're really close to as well. Ooh. Um, but it sure does reveal like our, our own heart and our own pride, um, which is God's mercy for us because he's helping us mature and choose um, righteousness and choose um, what he said we should do when someone offends us or hurts us. Um, just turn the other cheek, bless them, pray for them. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> so you talked about music writing a little bit, and then that was your junior year. And then your senior year, which was this past year, you came back to school, but plot twist, you're still living in Pasadena and you're still doing one voice. Just tell me about that experience. What's that like? Oh, wow. Um, wow. Um, busiest season in my life, honestly. Um, and I think by God's grace, I mean, the whole Corona thing is, you know, it's, it's hard. It's very challenging. But at the same time, I, I was just grateful that even though, you know, it's hard to just be stuck at home and things are closing and stuff like that. Um, I got a lot of rest. I got a lot of rest. Um, and this is the first time I've like ever had like my own room um, at my mom's house. And so definitely um, God's grace for me during this time. But um, before that, um, I commuted to from Pasadena to Pepperdine um, two, two to three times a week. Um, and then being like part of one voice. Um, yeah, it was really stretching. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of tears, <laughs> a lot of moments um, in the car um, with God and kind of just talking with him and and feeling what I need to feel and and just feeling overwhelmed at times and thinking to myself did I make the right decision like you know um am I like where I'm supposed to be this is really hard um, and at the same time like I think it was it challenged me to like I think what that season was about challenging me to to be present um, which is so interesting because I was so busy. Um, but there was a longing for me to just be present with people, to be present um, with the season that I'm in and not having to feel like I have to go to the next thing and do the next thing. Um, and But I really had to fight for that, um, to fight for my relationship with people in the midst of my schedule and to fight for for having peace and and being present with where I'm at and yeah it was definitely stretching but honestly there were a lot of beautiful moments too like um I remember like if there was one time where I was so exhausted and so tired and then a class ends up getting canceled <laughs> for some reason and I just end up going to like the alumni park and just laying down and watching the beautiful ocean um like right in front of me uh and so I definitely felt God's grace and God's hand over me during that time. Um, and the fact that I graduated, um, it's just the most rewarding feeling. Is It really is. Like, I am so thankful um, for the journey um, and for the season of going to school Pepperdine and, and you know, joining One Voice um, and just my life, like, just shifting, all of these shifting um, and for it to kind of come into a culmination and for something new, um, to arrive 
which I have no idea what to expect. Because right now, like I'm, I'm start. I feel like for all of us, it's it's a new season for all of us, um, and for me too. And so I'm very expectant um, for what this season is, and and like the culmination of this season. Um, I can't say like I I want to say I finished well, but not because of me. <laughs> it's because God helped me a whole lot. That's why I was able to finish well, just like everything that I've gone through. Um, he really helped me um, through everything. I can pinpoint every moment that I've had, like the last four years. And I can say, yep, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have made it, friend. <laughs> yeah. So now um, you are wrapping up your album. Do you want to talk about that? I don't, you don't have to spoil it or anything. But whatever you want to share. Okay. Um, well, like the first album, the songs that I've written have been based on the season that I'm in. And um, a lot of it, 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 this album, this next album is a love song. Um, it's a love letter. And it's called Lovesick. <laughs> um, and it is my love letter um, towards God. It really is. Um, because this past season, the prior one was me becoming a daughter. Um, but this this past season, and it's, I'm still like walking in it right now, and I probably will for the rest of my life, um, of walking as his beloved, as his bride. And, and so each song um, gives a description of, of my relationship with him. And just like I said, just like my love letters to him of who he is to me. Um, and that's the heart of the album and it's called lovesick and that's all I'm giving away <laughs> for now. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to listen to it and it comes out in November. Yeah. November. We haven't set a day in November yet, but yes. I love it. Thank you so much Val for sharing your story and your honesty. It's, it's really beautiful. Thank you, Lindsay.